0: Welcome to The Gathering Church Podcast. We are so glad you're joining us today. For more info about The Gathering, you can check out thegathering.online. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Here's today's message. Good morning, and we're glad that you're here on the first Sunday of the year. I'm really glad that you chose to start the year with us here, worshiping God together, seeking God together. And I think we're going to start the year well. I believe we ended last year very well. Those that were here for New Year's Eve, we got to worship. We had a time of communion together, and we got to just end the year singing praise. And uh, now all the parents can say, thank God for kids' ministry is back, and I can send my kids in there, and they can have a good time, and I can focus on what God has for me. And here in service, but I had planned to start today. I was really looking forward to a brand new series, uh, getting, getting excited about it. But I felt like last week God decided to shift me away from that, just for one week. Unless He changes, you know, changes the plan again, that's totally fine. But next week we'll go into a series. But today I felt like we were supposed to go into a, to just a one-off sermon. And last week on Saturday night, I was I was praying. I was listening to worship music, and a certain song came on, and it just began to ignite something into me for for a one sermon. So I thought we'd take a minute and take some time for spiritual preparation to start the new year, because I believe that God has something amazing planned for the new year. I was hoping for a few more amens. You can feel free to say amen to any of these statements here. Uh, God is up to something good here in 2024. You are highly favored and anointed for 2024. You need to remind yourself you are a child of God in 2024. You're not going back to the old ways of 2023 or what was in the past. You're moving forward in 2024. And you will face adversity. Not as many many amens on that one. I was just checking to see if you're paying attention. You know, it's funny. I believe that God's got plans for you. I believe there's a great future for you. But if I only preached prosperity over your life in abundance, I would not be fully truthful with you. As we live in a world where things are difficult, things are challenging. And I love what Missy said last week. She was preaching to us there to the end of the service. She said, your life is not just going to automatically change your problems, not going to go away when we go from December 31st to January 1st. But if your life is built on Jesus... You know, you can do the self-help stuff. You can change your diet. You can change and work out a little bit more. Those are all good things. But if you want true, life-changing power, it is only found in Jesus Christ. Nothing else will change your life like Jesus. And there are all kinds of things that you can do that they're fine, right? We've all seen the advertisements, right? I was just trying to watch the college football playoff, and every other commercial was Planet Fitness. That's what it felt like to me. Every other commercial was them trying to get us to go in and get a little bit more active and lift some more weights, and that's good, but also know that the enemy is out to attack you. I was also getting messages from Dairy Queen saying, ruining your New Year's resolution since 1962. You know, I went on social media and I see the crumble cookie lineup for next week. I'm like, oh God, I can't do this. I get an email that says, nothing bun cake, buy one, get one free this week. I'm like, Lord, deliver me from evil this week right now. Resist the temptation. But it's a lot easier to stay where it's comfortable. It's a lot easier to, to choose the easy thing over the hard thing. But we have to be spiritually prepared for what God is going to do this year. Are you ready to be spiritually prepared? for what God is going to do. We're going to look at Ma- uh, Mark chapter 2. If you've got your Bible, you can turn there. Otherwise, we'll have it for you on the screen. As always, we have a sermon outline that we put up. It's on the Church Center homepage. It's on the YouVersion Bible app if you're one of those people that likes to follow along with an outline. We're going to read this passage from Mark chapter 2, starting in verse 18. Let's read these five verses together. It says, Now John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting, No one sews a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment. If he does, the patch tears away from it, the new from the old, and a worse tear is made. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins. If he does, the wine will burst the skins, and the wine is destroyed, and so are the skins. But new wine is for fresh wineskins. Today's message today is called New Wine. Turn to your neighbor and say, new wine. Now turn to your other neighbor and say, has Matt lost it that he's talking about wine to start 2024? I, I saw some of your reactions. Some of you got really excited that I was going to talk about new wine, and some of you got very worried. I want to, I want to rest assured this is not a message on alcohol, okay? There's, there's metaphor here. There's an understanding of what we're talking about. We will define new wine before the end of the message. But I want to start back at the very beginning of that passage. Read verse 18 again. 18 says, "John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting." And people came and said to him, meaning Jesus, why do John's disciples and the disciples of the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast?" There's three different groups of people that we have right here. We're talking about the disciples of John the Baptist the disciples of the Pharisees, and the disciples of Jesus. And two of those three groups are fasting, and it's evident that they're fasting. Right? It appears to be common knowledge that they're fasting. So real quick, let me me define what is fasting. Fasting is giving up food for a period of time to spend that time instead seeking after God. It's making a sacrifice to spend more time with God and say, my spiritual hunger, my spiritual need for God is greater than my physical hunger. And so our first point as we look at how do we spiritually prepare for the year, number one, fasting is preparation for the new wine. Fasting is the way that we prepare ourselves for what God wants to do. And I'm not going to do a whole message on fasting. If you want to find a message on fasting, you can go back. Last year, we started with a whole message on fasting. I'll give you very quickly the three points that we looked at. We said that fasting, it can help you in resisting temptation. You're struggling with some sort of temptation. It can give you that resistance. It can also help you to be proactively ready for what God is going to do. Maybe there's change coming in your life and you're you're fasting, you're proactively getting prepared for what God wants to do. And it can also, fasting can be a way in which you receive victory where you once had defeat. There's a certain area in your life that you're just like, man, I cannot break past this. I can't get over this hurdle. Fasting is maybe something you want to consider to help you get through that stronghold, to break through it because the strength, when you're relying on God's strength, Instead of your own strength, saying I need spiritual strength more than anything else, physically that my body needs. And there are other fasts that you can do. You know, there's also Daniel food, uh, Daniel fast, where you give up certain foods. You only eat fruits or vegetables. There are fasts that you can give up, uh, watching TV or fasting social media. And let me say that those are those are good things. We should do those things. We should give up those time for a time. But from the Bible specifically, fasting is giving up. It's giving up food. It's giving up one of the most essential needs that we have. We all get automatically hangry after a time if we're trying to focus and saying, God, I, I, I'm hungry for this, but I want to show you that I'm hungry for more of you first. Maybe by skipping one meal skipping food for a day, whatever God calls you to do. But in this passage, they come before Jesus asking him, why are your disciples not fasting? Later on, we would see Jesus would later instruct his disciples that they were supposed to fast and how they were supposed to fast. Look at Matthew chapter 6, verse 16. He says, and when you fast, let me stop there, He was speaking to the disciples of Jesus, when you fast, not if you fast, when you fast. He says, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward, but when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Jesus says don't, don't announce to everyone that you're fasting. Don't try to show everyone that you're struggling and you're in anguish and you're in pain, because when you do that, you're receiving your reward right there. You're receiving the praise. People see you. Oh, can you believe it? They're fasting. My goodness, that's so spiritually mature of them. You've got your reward right there. But the Father who sees it in secret, he desires to reward you. And I promise you, his reward for you is greater. You see, here Jesus says to fast in secret. But in Mark 2, it would appear that everyone knew that the Pharisees were fasting. That the disciples of John were fasting. And that's the first problem, is that it was very noticeable when the religious people were fasting. You have to understand, the Pharisees, no one would outmatch the Pharisees in religious activities. Okay, The Pharisees would typically fast two times, two days per week. Per week, they would fast. No no one would outfast them. No one would pray more than them or read the scriptures more. But their problem was they did it out of obligation and a desire to receive credit for it. They were looking for the praise of people. They didn't read their Bible and pray to get closer to God. They lacked this relationship with God. The reason that we do things like this is not to show others how great we are, but to show God how much we love him and we desire to get closer to him. And the second part in fasting, when they asked Jesus' this question, why are your disciples not fasting? Look at what Jesus said in verse 19. He said, can the wedding guests fast while the bridegroom is with them? As long as they have the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. We have to be aware, that there are appropriate times to fast. There are times to be intentional when we choose to fast. Jesus was using this this wedding as an analogy for a couple different reasons. First, because a wedding in those days, in that culture, a wedding wasn't just a one-day, one-meal situation. It was a week-long party. There were feasts all week long. You were not allowed to fast during that time because it was a time of celebration. You have to know in our lives there are appropriate times to fast and prepare. Imagine if I said to you guys, hey, guys, to end the year 2023, we're going to go on a fast. We're going to fast the last 21 days of the year from December 10th to December 31st, church-wide fast. You'd be like, "Uh, Matt, yeah, I'm not going to do that. Um, There's this thing called Christmas happening. Um, I've got a work party that's free food. They've got all the whole spread. I'm not fasting during that time. There's an appropriate time to focus ourselves and to fast and say, okay, this new year, let's take some time to really set ourselves apart to hear from God. And there are times where it's, less, it's, less, it's more challenging to take that time to fast. And Jesus says in verse 20, he says, The day will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast in that day. Fasting, is there's appropriate times for that. But also there was the analogy of Jesus saying, hey, I'm with you right now. Why would you need to fast and be struggling when I'm here in your presence? There's a day where I'm going to leave. It's going to be difficult. That is the time for you to fast. For the disciples, there was this underlying analogy of knowing that Jesus would not always be with his disciples. And I encourage you to consider maybe this month taking a day Taking a meal, whatever it may be, and to fast and pray and seek God for this new year. To create some margin to spend that time with God. Fasting prepares us for the new wine. And as we take time to pray and listen to the voice of God, it's time that we also now define what is the new wine. I believe the new wine that's being poured out is the description of the Holy Spirit being poured out on us. Number two is that the new wine is being filled with the Holy Spirit. The new wine is specifically what does the Holy Spirit want to do today, now? Not what does the Holy Spirit want to do last year, not the past decade. What does the Holy Spirit want to do in your life today, this month, this year? When we get filled up with the baptism in the Holy Spirit, we don't say, I'm good. I don't ever need to be, need to be filled up with the Holy Spirit again. I, I'm filled up for the rest of my life. No, we need to be filled and refilled, continuing to seek more and more throughout our years. It's the pouring of the new wine. It's the blowing of the fresh wind of the Spirit. The new wine is what does the Holy Spirit desire to do today? And we have to be very careful to not allow ourselves to be tied up in what God has done in the past. How God worked in the past is one way. It's one method. It does not mean that he will work that way again. Think about the different numerous times when God healed people in the Bible. Think about the time when Jesus healed the man by putting spit and clay on their eyes. Did Jesus do that again? No. And it's a good thing. Because if you think about, if if we had seen Jesus do that over and over again, every church in America would have buckets of spit and clay at the altar saying, this is what Jesus did, so if you want to get healed, you come up here, we'll put the spit and clay on you, and we'll heal you. Can anyone praise God that he does things differently each time? It's so that we don't get focused on the method, we continue to focus on God. There's always a different method because we follow the most creative being in God. There's no limit to the ways that he can heal and he can provide and he can save. Just because he provided for you in the past with a check in the mail doesn't mean he's going to do it that way again. You may have to find that next job. There's different ways in which God moves. There might be, you might be sensing God's presence. I'm going to step on toes for a minute, okay? But maybe God is ministering to you through a new song this year. Maybe you need to retire that cassette of Here I Am to Worship and start a new song. Listen, I love Here I Am to Worship, okay? I'll listen to that till I die. It's just an example. Maybe there's a scripture that you, you held on to five years ago. You said, this is the word. That I'm going to read this scripture over and over again. And that's great. But maybe since there's a new year, God is asking you to focus on a new verse. A fresh wind, fresh wine for your life. You know, before Jesus talks about this, this new wine, he actually gives another analogy. Look at verse 21. It says, no one sows a piece of unshrunk cloth. On an old garment. If he does, the patch tears away from it, the new from the old, and the worst tear is made. Think about clothing. After it's being used over and over again, that material begins to shrink and to fade. Jesus calls a new garment an unshrunk cloth because it, it's at the size that it was intended to be. But if you combine that old cloth with a new cloth, they won't mix together. It will actually make things worse. In the same way, a new piece of cloth and an old garment won't mix, Jesus is saying new wine and an old wineskin will not mix. Read that very last verse, verse 22. He says, no one puts new wine into old wineskins. If he does, the wine will burst the skins. And the wine is destroyed, and so are the skins. But new wine is for fresh wineskins. The last point today is that new wineskins are for the new wine. And if we want the new wine of the Holy Spirit, then we need to be preparing ourselves. As new wineskins. Because if God tries to pour new wine into us and we have not been prepared to receive it and retain it, where is that wine going to go? It says the skin will the wine will burst, the skin, the wine will be destroyed, the wineskin will be destroyed. We have to have a fresh wineskin for the new wine. The way that they would contain wine in those days was either either through jars or wineskins. And a wineskin typically consisted of two to three goatskins sewn together. And so an old wineskin, it has already been stretched to capacity because that wine has already been in there and it's sat and it's fermented and it's stretched. And so if an old wineskin would receive new wine and that old wineskin has already been stretched to the max and the new wine is beginning to ferment, it's going to burst. But there's a way in which the wineskin can be renewed and be ready to receive new wine. If, if the wineskin is put into water, if it's plunged into the water, And then if the oil begins to massage the leather, it begins to renew it and it gains back its flexibility. You see, the new wine is the easy part. Asking God to fill us with his Holy Spirit, that's the easy part. But then we have to prepare ourselves through prayer and fasting and worship and prepare ourselves to receive and retain what God wants to do in your life. What does God have as a new way of thinking, a new thought? Because if he gives you a new thought, but you put it in an old mentality, what's going to happen to that thought? If he gives you a new idea, a new behavior, but you're continuing in the behaviors of last year, what's going to happen to the new? We have to have a wineskin ready to receive what God is doing. You have to have a new goal, a new pattern but be ready with new behaviors. might want to change some habits. Maybe if you set out to to read more of the Bible or you want to to lose weight or get more organized or spend more time with family, you can't do all those things and keep the same schedule you had before. You have to create margin. There has to be a framework for new results. And we as disciples of Jesus, we say we want the new wine of the Holy Spirit. But we also have to want a new wineskin. We have to take the time to prepare it because if we ask for new wine and we don't make a new wineskin, we will burst. Are you getting it? The first step we need to take for a new wineskin is simply accepting Jesus as our Lord and Savior. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit would come and he would rest on people for periods of time, for seasons or certain purposes in the new testament the holy spirit would be poured out and fill people in the baptism as they had the ability to receive him because jesus was in their heart as the new wineskin and he creates in us a new wineskin to receive the gift of the holy spirit if you've never done that before if you've never received jesus into your heart we're going to give you a chance before we end the service today but for the rest of us, you know, we we can have accepted Jesus into our life, but still be struggling, still be struggling with an old mindset, still be dealing with a bad habit, or a wrong behavior. So how can we renew the wineskin to receive what God has for us? It starts with repentance. It starts with asking for God's forgiveness of that mindset when it hasn't honored him it's been disobedient it starts with repentance and it starts with asking for God's help to turn over that behavior that seems simple but how often do we say God I've got this thing and I've got to get it fixed before I can come to you I've got this problem that I have and I'm too shameful to bring it to you God I want to get this right in me before I come to you friends you can't do it without the strength of God He wants you, he's got open arms for you say, surrender to me right now what you've got dealing and I will help you walk through that. True comes, true change comes when we rely on God and we surrender the struggle to him and we repent of our sin and we ask God for his help. And sometimes, sometimes we need to come alongside other people. The Bible says to pray for one another. The Bible says to bear one another's burdens. The enemy wants you to keep your problem in isolation. Don't bother someone else. You're the only one dealing with this. No one else has this issue. But you might need to confide. It says to confess to one another, to pray for one another. There's power when we come together in agreement in prayer. Worship team, you can come up as we close. New wineskins for new wine. So we start with repentance. We start with asking God for a new mindset. Because we've all lived in those, uh, those moments where we have the mentalities that uh, say, I'm not good enough. No, I, I'm, I'm not good enough to come to God. I've done too many things. We need to not only discontinue those thoughts, we need to replace those thoughts. Replace those thoughts with things like, I am transformed by the renewing of my mind. I have the mind of Christ in me. I release old and unproductive thoughts and feelings, and I let them go in Jesus' name. I embrace the new ideas from the mind of Christ in me that I'm transformed. Friends, our words are powerful. What you speak over yourself is powerful. Are you speaking life, or are you speaking death over yourself? There's power when you speak the words of life, but there's also power when you speak self-defeat. What are you choosing to speak over your life? Because it's interesting, our life will not burst and fall apart if we remain in Jesus. Anxiety cannot cause your life to fall apart if you remain in Jesus. Trauma in your life cannot cause it to break apart if you have your faith in Jesus. Adversity can't burst your life if you believe in Jesus. According to the passage that we read, what causes your life to burst is choosing to live in your old lifestyle and trying to follow Jesus at the same time. That's what causes things to burst. So I beg you to prepare your life for this new year with the new wine of the Holy Spirit. I implore you to pray and fast and give your life wholeheartedly. And if you've been attending the gathering, maybe yet you haven't chose to believe everything we've been saying, that's okay. That's why our whole thing is belong first. We just want you to feel like you belong. I believe God's going to work on you. You're going to see the word of God. It's going to speak into your life. But I can promise you this, accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior, putting your trust in him will help you endure the storms of life. At this point, would everyone take a minute? Would you bow your heads? Would you close your eyes? If today you've never confessed Jesus as your Lord and Savior, Maybe you did it years ago, but you've turned away from him. Starting this year would be a great new year to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Heads bowed, eyes are closed. If you've never accepted Jesus into your heart, this is your opportunity. Would you slip up your hand? I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to point you out. I simply want to pray with you in mind. If that's you, would you slip up your hand? For all others, we talked about how starting a new wineskin, it starts with repentance. And so I'm going to lead us all through that prayer. Whether you've never prayed it before, or you've prayed it many times, would you join me in this prayer, confessing our sin, turning towards God to start this year. Repeat after me, say, Dear God, I thank you for your son. Thank you for his sacrifice on the cross dying for my sin god forgive me of my disobedience of the times i've run away from you i turn back to you today i confess my sin and i give my life to you in jesus name we pray Thank you for listening to today's message. The Gathering is a place where you can belong to a church that loves you, believe in the God who is bigger than you, and become who God created you to be. For updates, service times, or ways to get involved, check out thegathering.online. And if you enjoyed listening today, consider rating it or sharing it with a friend. We love you. The best is yet to come.